0: Sports Radio, 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, celebrating 20 years of bringing the outdoors to Colorado radio, here's
1: Terry Wickstrom. Good morning, folks. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. However, this is not Terry Wickstrom. Terry Wickstrom is on assignment. I am Ronnie Castiglione. I am sitting in for Terry Wickstrom today, and we have a full show lined up for you this morning. It's absolutely gorgeous outside. The sun is coming out. The weather's getting a little warmer out there today, and we've got a lot of stuff going on in Colorado. We've got a lot of fishing happening. We've got ice fishing right around the corner. Uh, Here in the first hour, we're going to talk to uh, a couple of the the parks here in the state. We're going to talk to the people out of Bar Lake. We're going to talk to the people over at Cheyenne Mountain State Park. We've got Dan Swanson coming on in the first hour as well. In the second hour, we've got Nathan doing his usual call-in segment there. We've got uh, Jim Strawbridge from Galaxy Custom Rods coming on. We're going to talk about building custom rods and some cool things for Christmas. Uh, Colorado Clays is going to be coming on in the second hour as well. And then I'm going to be doing the final segment. But right off the bat... At here folks we are going to go to the phones and joining us from up in the mountains one of my favorite contributors to the show and one of my favorite guys to talk to when i'm in studio mr bernie keith bernie how are you doing this morning
2: Ronnie you always put smile on my face how are you doing man
1: i am all fired up bernie i'm in studio i'm having a good time i'm hopped up on caffeine i'm ready to go how are you doing bernie
2: <laughs> I'm about the same thing. i got a huge frappuccino in my hand and down at Shields waiting to do a seminar.
1: Excellent. Now, Bernie, yeah, let's talk real quick about where you're at today, and then we'll get to it a little bit later as well. But you are at Shields this morning, right?
2: I'm at Shields. They're having their first annual ice fest down here. Um, Lots of sales going on, seminars. I'll be talking about lake trout at 10 and 430. Dan Swanson will be – or Dan Shannon will be talking about early ice opportunities. Barry Cundiff will be talking about icing walleye. And Brad Peterson will be talking about Pankish.
1: Awesome. You guys got a lot of fun stuff going on. Now, it's definitely that time of year, Bernie, where, uh, you know, we are on. Ice season has started in a lot of places around the state. People are waiting for ice kind of down here on the Front Range. But a lot of the upper mountains, the Lular Lakes, have already got ice on them. Bernie, why don't you tell us what's going on in your part of the world?
2: Well, Willow Creek is probably frozen now. I checked it earlier this week, and it was close, but it wasn't there. Granby is nowhere near close. Shadow is frozen. Didn't check the ice thickness. Grand Lake is not. Monarch is. Williams Fork is not. And Wolford is not. All right. So but the we... pitching on the banks is really good if you're a bank walker.
1: Excellent. Have you been out, Bernie? And what what have you been seeing?
2: I've been out and I've been on I've been on Granby pitching mainly for lake trout casting spoons. I've been throwing that Leech Flutter spoon and um crocodiles and just getting a lot of fish nothing large but just good huge numbers of fish and it's it's just been a lot of fun
1: now i imagine mixed in with those lake trout you're seeing some brown trout as well
2: oh we're seeing some browns and a few rainbows it's funny if you get bit deep it's going to be a lake trout if you get bit near shore it's going to be a rainbow or brown and the same spoon's working for everything
1: now when you're casting a spoon like that from shore bernie are you throwing that thing out there when you're saying those lake trout are deeper out there are you allowing that spoon to get all the way down to the bottom or how do you go about doing that
2: well, I'm throwing it out. I'm throwing it out a good little distance. And I'm fishing steep, rocky banks. I'm throwing it out a good little distance, and I'm getting it near the bottom, but not on it. I don't want to lose it. Them rocks will take your lures. Sure. And then I'm just doing an erratic retrieve with some pauses and let it flutter down. And when it flutters down is when I get the hit.
1: So you're kind of ripping it like yo-yo styling it and just kind of keeping it near the bottom, not really trying to make a lot of contact with the bottom, and then, and then trying to get that quick erratic rip and kind of letting that thing fall and flutter to the bottom?
2: Yeah, with well, just about a six inch, maybe not quite a foot lift on it on the whole thing. It's kind of, it's kind of short, but the the that that that's all it takes for the trigger, and that keeps your jig or your spoon in the strike zone a little bit longer. Awesome.
1: Now, uh, are the brown trout? Are you getting those doing the same thing, or by any chance are you throwing jerk baits or anything like that for the browns?
2: I've been getting them doing the same thing. I haven't been out real early in the morning, so I haven't been doing the jerk bait thing. I have just been throwing the spoons and. um Throwing them down. If you throw them down the bank, you get more browns. If you throw them in deeper water, do you get more lake trout, but you get your browns and your rainbows near the shore.
1: Now, Bernie, up in your part of the world there, where usually can you get on first ice to get an opportunity to get at some lake trout?
2: Oh, boy. I stumped you on that one, huh? You, you kind of, well, Yeah, <laughs> in, in our area, without doing a whole bunch of hiking, you can go um, – Wow, uh, Graham, you won't freeze till Christmas, Grand Lake Christmas. Williams Fork might be the first one to freeze up near us.
1: Williams Fork? Yeah, now there's some that giants in like, Williams Fork. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. there's some big fish in there, and it might be your early best, early season lake. Now
1: let's talk a little bit about your Granby trips. You know, once the ice does get formed up there and, and becomes real solid, I know Granby is one of the premier destinations that people like to go to, to ice fish. Um, that's a big lake, Bernie, you know. So f- for people that haven't been up there or never done the ice fishing thing up on Granby, uh Talk a little bit about what's involved with that. I mean, how do you go about getting around that big lake?
2: Well, it helps if you have a snowmobile. But if you don't have a snowmobile, you know, figure out how far you want to walk and the depth of snow will play into that, of course. But then look for structure. That's my, my whole key in life is structure and understanding where a fish might be sitting on that particular piece of structure. And that's something you just got to learn through time. But look for, look for structure and fish all of it. And if you're walking out, if you find a big ridge, you can fish that ridge all day long, and there will be fish on it somewhere. So if you keep moving, you will find them.
1: Now, at early ice, Bernie, do you tend to see some of the bigger lake trouts come come, come a little shallower, or are we still looking
2: deep for everything? No, so through the whole ice season, there'll be shallow fish. Excellent. So what kind once of depths? They get on the, once they get on the rainbow, eating rainbows, there'll be them fish will be shallow all year long. It's just when you're looking at the shallow bite, you really got to look at... There's maybe a dozen fish on the entire shoreline cruising at one time. When you look at all the miles of shoreline, and there's only a dozen fish there, you got to realize what a long shot that is. Gotcha. But if you hit it, it's a big jackpot. Excellent.
1: Now, uh, in your experience, when does the ice get thick enough for you to start running around in the snowmobiles?
2: That's six inches. um, Boy, last year it wasn't until mid-January, some years. The earliest I've been on the ice was December 15th. So I'm going to say December 15th and January 15th.
1: Gotcha. So last half of December, first half of January. Yeah, and you
2: you just never know. But you don't get too eager for it. Check that ice. Make sure it's good before you go absolutely
1: so now let's let's talk a little bit more about what you're doing out at shields you're going to be out there today there's a bunch of folks that are going to be out there today um, you guys are doing a, a ice fest kind of a deal out there and a lot of seminars about ice fishing and that kind of stuff um, give us a little bit of detail you know what are you going to be going into what kind of information you're going to be relaying
2: now i got an hour to talk about everything i can lake trout and it's going to be about structure it's going to be about techniques and we're all talking about um everything we can get teach you to be a better ice angler maybe some new angles on it looking at it a little differently um we also got giveaways awesome we got a lot of giveaways there's some big sales down here
1: are you going to be talking about electronics at all
2: oh yeah we'll be talking electronics that's a huge one
1: yeah you know in your opinion bernie how important are the electronics especially when you're looking for lake trout
2: if i forget my fish finders which i have I run home and get them and leave my clients on the boat ramp with a huge, I'm sorry. (laughs) I won't go fishing without them.
1: So, you got to have them in open water. You got to have them during the ice. Uh, You know, they're definitely going to improve your catch rate up there, especially when you're looking for those lake trout that sometimes can be
2: a little tough to get to bite, Bernie. You know, they can be. They can be real finicky, Um, especially the big ones. You know, big ones, little ones, if they just get into a negative mood, then then it gets real tough on you. the pressure that lake sees will send them fish off to a negative mood real fast. Gotcha. so you just gotta keep working at it. My thing is if you work hard all day long, if you work really hard you're bound to get lucky. Now Bernie on a
1: day of ice fishing, give me an idea. How many how many holes you figure you drill out there a day? Oh boy, for two
2: people, fifty? Fifty throughout the day.
1: 50,
2: 60 maybe? Gotcha. You know, it's funny, the older I get, the less holes I drill in a day. <laughs> Before, it used to be like 100 holes for three people, now it's down to about uh, 75 for three, 70. Gotcha.
1: And once the ice really gets locked up on a on a leg like Grammy, I mean, how thick of ice does that get on average?
2: Oh, on average, I would say 20 to 28 inches, and I've seen it as thick as 36 Yeah, you know, Bernie,
1: I've never been on a lake that had that thick of ice. i got to believe that when you're fishing through two to three feet of ice that it really changes kind of your approach. I mean,
2: uh, how how do you get those fish to come up through that hole, Bernie? Well, you just got to get them turned head up, and that's part of the challenge.
1: And try not to horse them once you get their heads up kind of a deal because isn't that where a lot of people lose fish on the
2: ice Uh, right there? You you lose a lot of fish at the hole. They get the shakes in their head, and they get all stupid. And, um, that's where they throw hooks, bend hooks, break line. That's a lot of stuff goes wrong at that moment right there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, like I said, I, you know, I, I think about the thickest ice I've ever been on was about 15 inches of ice, but even in six inches of ice, uh, people lose fish right at the hole nonstop. I mean, you see it all day long when you're out there fishing
0: with people.
2: And It, it is. I mean, it's, it's a tough gig. It's, it's, uh, it's one of those things that the big guy has to be on your side because you can do everything right. And that that fish. He's fighting for his life. He wins once in a
1: while. Absolutely. Now, Bernie, I'm I'm going to ask just about everybody today that comes on the show. Um, I'm looking for some gift ideas for the holidays coming up. You know, let's say somebody is interested in getting into lake fishing or lake trout fishing, um, be it through the ice since it's that time of year, or maybe even in open water. Do you have a couple good ideas as far as some gifts that people should be, you know, looking to get uh, their significant other, or maybe even get for themselves?
2: You know, you. If you want to get something that's really nice, that's real inexpensive, that's great for lake trout fishing, Clam has a new. It's a 45-inch rod out. It's a Jason Mitchell 45-inch heavy um, Elite Series rod. It's a great rod. It's about 40 bucks in the store. They also have a 40-incher. Dave Gens has a 36-incher. They're great lake trout rods. Very inexpensive. Um, it'd be it'd be a very well-used gift from somebody. Sure. And if you want to go up on the list, you can get the, you know, I mean, Lorance has some great units out right now that you can mount on your snowmobiles and in your boat. So it's a crossover. It's a year-round year unit. Yeah,
1: I really like those units. You know, I've used an old Lorance 520 for years and years and years for for my ice fishing because it does have a, a you know, a setting on it where I can get in there and, and turn it into a flasher or a split-screen sign of a deal and have regular sonar on one side and a flasher. Have you really seen that, you know, those style of electronics? Have really improved in, in recent years.
2: No, so it's amazing. It's amazing how much they've they've improved over the years. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, and it, what they can do, and then with the mapping, that's the biggest thing of all. Probably, you can like Gramby, you can get on Inside Genesis and download a map, and then you know where all the structures are on the lake, and you can just go fish it. It take it takes a lot of the brain work out of it.
1: Yeah, it really does. And, I, you know, that same little unit that I've used for years, I I transfer that unit onto my little boat when I have to hand launch my small boat. That's the unit that goes on there. And I've gotten a lot of good use out of that unit because it it does kind of fill that multi-purpose role. Now, Bernie, let's talk real quick again. Give folks the time and location. Where are you going to be today?
2: Uh, We're down here at Shields. I've got seminars going at 1030. Every hour and a half, 1030, I'm talking about Lake Trout, 11 or 10 o'clock, I'm talking about Lake Trout, 11.30. Dan Chan is talking about early ice opportunities. 1 o'clock, Barry Cundis talking about ice walleye. 2.30, Brad Peterson's talking about panfish. And at 4 o'clock, I'm talking back about Lake Trout again. So and come for, on down to Shields. Come uh, see us.
1: Awesome. And for folks that don't know where Shields is located, that's up in Loveland, Colorado?
2: That's up in Loveland, um, I-25 and Highway 34. And just go east about a mile and if you you shouldn't miss them. They're children. It's
1: hard to miss. You can actually see it from about five miles south on I twenty five. It's so big. <laughs> so that one's easy to spot. Bernie, if folks want to get a hold of you, maybe they're interested in trying to book a lake trout, you know, ice season adventure out there blasting around on the snowmobiles, having a good time. How how how, how can folks get a hold of you?
2: Uh, give me a call nine seven zero five three one two three one eight. My website fishingwithbernie dot com or Facebook Fishing with Bernie, or Instagram Fishing with Bernie.
1: The world famous Bernie Keefe, there he is, folks. <laughs> Bernie, thank you for joining us this morning.
2: All right, thank you, Ronnie. Take All care. right,
1: have a good one. And you are listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors here on Sports Radio one zero four three The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors here on Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. And we're going to go right back to the phones. And joining us in our first of our two park segments, we've got Michelle Subert. Michelle, how are you doing this morning?
3: I'm good. How are you today?
1: I am excellent. Now, you are the park manager out at Bar Lake State Park. Uh, What do you got going on
3: at Bar Lake
1: this time of year?
3: You know, it's a great time to come out to Bar Lake. Bar Lake is just a quick Trip from Denver. We're 25 minutes east of Denver. We're right in Brighton, Colorado. So, just yesterday um, we had a volunteer out and he counted 65 eagles. So, we have a lot of wintering eagles that come out. You can come to our nature center, our archer range is open, we have waterfowl hunting our trail. It's just a great time to enjoy the winter season at Bar Lake.
1: Did you say 65 eagles? Are those all bald eagles? or You yes. got a mix?
3: Yeah, they're all bald eagles, either juveniles or adults, but they winter here. So this is the, the best time of year. We just had a group go out of about 10 with a volunteer this morning to look for more eagles. So this is a great time of year to come see our bald eagle popul- population.
1: That's incredible. Now, Bar Lake, I am very familiar with Bar Lake. Like you said, it's located very close to Denver. Um, It's an excellent fishery, and things are changing right now out there. Now, I imagine uh, the boat ramps are closed. Is that correct?
3: Yeah, the boat ramp is closed. Um, You know, we start filling um, November 1st, so the lake is filling up again. And then, you know, if we get a good winter, we'll have some ice fishing, which will be great.
1: So ice fishing is allowed on this lake, folks. Mm-hmm. Um, it is kind of a matter of uh, having safe ice. And like she's talking about, since they're filling it, you know, the ice really doesn't have a chance to, to settle in and get hard until that water's done running for the most part. So, But once the ice is solid on that lake, I know people have a lot of success, uh, especially, you know, early ice fishing for, for trout and perch. Those seem to be the, the things I see people catching through the ice.
3: Yeah, that's true, and, you know, we're going to work with Nate Wesensky from Tightline to have a a seminar out here, so check out our Facebook or our webpage to um, come to that seminar with Nate.
1: Excellent. Now, you also have some other stuff going on that you wanted to talk about. You guys have an open house or something happening soon. What do you got going on there?
3: Yeah, so today is our open house, our holiday open house, so you can come shop in the Nature Center. There's kids' crafts. We have volunteers to kind of guide you through the park, but we have three really big events coming up, and the first one is going to be on December 15th, which is a Saturday. It's our holiday trail. We light up the bridge in all of Need Rock. It's great. You walk the trail. Santa is here. We have a chilly cook-off, crafts, face painter. It's just a great family event, and that's December 15th from 6 to 9. Then the following weekend, um, which is December 22nd, we have Reindeer Day. We have two reindeer that are going to be here. We'll have crafts and snacks all about reindeers so you can learn. And then the last event of of our year is December 31st, and it's New Year's Eve noon, so it's for the kids so they don't have to stay up late. They can celebrate. We have a balloon drop. They jump on bubble wrap. We have noisemakers. It's just a great time. So we have – they're all on Saturdays, so pretty much any Saturday you can come out to Bar Lake and have a family event. And you can find them on our Facebook page or our website.
1: Now, that does sound like a lot of fun. Now, for for anybody who's never been around a reindeer, uh, reindeers are really cool. So the fact that you all are going to have those out there at the park and kids can come out and see those, uh, you know, those don't look like the, the deer we just see driving around Colorado. Those reindeers are really cool little creatures, right?
3: Yeah, they are. It's going to be a good time. It'll be the first time that we've had them out here for a reindeer day. So it's just a great time to come and celebrate the holiday season. And, you know, come by the Nature Center. We have lots of gifts that you can buy in our nature store, and just a great time to bring out the family.
1: Now, right now, while there isn't ice settled in on the lake, but there's no boating, now you can still fish from the shore, open water, is that correct?
3: You can. You can still fish from the shore. So the water levels are coming up. We've seen some fishermen out there, so you can still come out and throw a line in.
1: Excellent. And I imagine, you know, this time of year is, is the, when the, the trout that get stocked in throughout the year become very, very active in most of these bodies of water, folks. So, a lot of the places like Bar Lake and some of the other, you know, medium to smaller size lakes that get these trout, these are excellent opportunities here on the Front Range to get some kids out and really get some easy fishing in for the mo- most part. Because, you know, these rainbows, these stalkers, these cupos that they put into these reservoirs, these water temperatures get into the 40s de- 40 degrees like they are right now they're happy as can be in these water temperatures that's the water temperatures that a trout really really likes and so i imagine that getting out to bar lake even before the ice is really set up and and just casting from the shore maybe getting out there and bouncing a gulp minnow around on a jig head or maybe using a jerk bait or just throwing a spinner or a spoon or something along those lines i'm sure you can get action on those trout out at that lake is that kind of what you've seen in years past
3: Yes, that's very true. So it's a good time of year just for shore fishing before the ice comes on.
1: Absolutely. Now, do you guys have any other events you
3: want to plug real fast? You know, I think that we're going to be pretty busy the next couple Saturdays.
1: <laughs> it sounds like it. Why don't you tell folks once again, how do, you, how do we get to the lake?
3: So we are in Brighton, Colorado, right off of i seventy six. We're 25 minutes east of Denver, so we're a quick trip just to come and see us.
1: And this is a state park, folks. And, you know, I've been asking all my guests, I'm going to ask everybody today, uh, if you're going to, you know, think about maybe a gift for the angler in your life, the outdoors person in life. Do you have any good suggestions?
3: You know, they can come and get a gift certificate, and that gift certificate could be good towards a fishing license, hunting license, Parks Pass, or anything in our retail stores or even camping. So, you know, that gift certificate goes a long ways for Parks and Wildlife.
1: Now, you hit the one I was I was trolling for right there, the Parks Pass. That is one of the best gifts, in my opinion, that somebody can get for, you know, somebody in their life there that they're buying a present for for the holidays, a state Parks Pass is just one of the best gifts, you know. It's going to be good for twelve months, so you don't have to buy it, you know, for the year. You don't have to wait for January to get it. That kind of a thing to be good for next year. Uh, that parks pass is going to get you into all the state parks all around the state. You know, you're going to be able to get into all those lakes and stuff like that. There's just not a better value, in my opinion, as far as a gift goes. And you know, if you get one in the stocking this time of year, somebody somebody wants to get me one, I'll be happy to take it. Um, I think that is one of the best gifts that you can get. So you hit that right. Off the bat, and it was awesome talking to you to Michelle. Um, We're gonna go ahead and get it to a break. Thank you for joining us, Michelle.
3: Thanks, have a wonderful day.
1: All right, and you're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors here on Sports Radio
0: 1043 The Fan.
1: This is Terry Wickstrom Outdoors here on Sports Radio 1043 The Fan. I am not Terry Wickstrom, however. I am Ronnie Castelloni. I am sitting in for Terry today. Terry is on assignment, which is code for terry hopping on an airplane today folks and headed to hawaii so yeah terry's out doing really really hard work he'll tell you that he's out doing some really vital research and experimentation for the local listeners but we all know terry's just out there drinking wine and having a good time in reality but we are going to go right back to the phones and joining us from cheyenne mountain state park we have jeanette laura jeanette how you doing today
4: I'm great, but it sounds like Terry is is more amazing. I'd like to be doing what he's doing.
1: Yeah, can you believe it? I'm here in studio so that he can venture off to Hawaii, of all things. Poor guy. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Now, you are calling in from Cheyenne Mountain State Park. Why don't you tell folks where Cheyenne Mountain State Park is located?
4: So we're right on the southwest side of Colorado Springs. We're actually directly across from Fort Carson's Gate Number 1.
1: Awesome. And Cheyenne Mountain State Park. Now, I've done a lot of research. I personally have never been to this park, but I got online and did a whole bunch of research and took a look at this park. And I understand that it's one of the youngest parks in the state park system here in Colorado. Is that correct?
3: Yes, um, we held that
4: title until Staunton opened up a couple years ago.
1: Awesome, and you guys have done a lot of improvements over there over the last few years. Now, this, this park is really known for its trails and its campsites. Um, it's absolutely beautiful, folks. Uh, how, many, how many miles of trails do you all have out there?
4: Well, we just opened up the Dixon Trail system that reaches the top of Cheyenne Mountain. That was definitely a big deal. So, awesome. we're we're right about 28 miles of trails now.
1: 28 miles of trails. Now, these trails are kind of broken up into different access type of things. So, some of these trails, my understanding, you can you can actually ride, you know, mountain bikes on and things like that. Others you can ride horses around, is that right?
4: Yeah, yeah. So we have a portion that's open to equestrian users. So you get all three user groups, hikers, bikers, and equestrians. And then we also have a dog-friendly section up by the campground area. So about two miles of trails for for the dog users.
1: And uh, how many campsites do you guys have?
4: 61. So it's 10 basic walk-in sites and then um, 51 full-service RV sites. And really, that's where you say, you know, we're known for our campsites. Oh, people love those full-service sites.
1: They look incredible. You know, the videos I saw online on the websites, um, some of the pictures that I've seen, the the park is really beautiful. There's a lot of excellent scenery to be seen. Um, the campsites look look really well maintained. They look they look like they're newer to me. They don't look like old beaten-down campsites. I mean, just the, even the fire rings themselves look to be really modern and really, really, uh, really, really nice. The facilities, as far as the uh, the bathrooms and things like that. Now, now some of those facilities, as far as the bathrooms and the laundry areas and things like that those close during the winter is that
4: correct correct so although our full hookups stay operational all winter long we do winterize our shower building our laundry building um we do have some of a couple bathrooms that are open where we have flush toilets running sinks um so yeah the facilities are really wonderful Um, but we do shut down some of those extra you know the shower house
1: now i was also i talked to you you know the other day and i was also impressed with kind of the group use areas that you guys offer down there (laughs)
4: yes i hear you have a wedding coming
1: up (laughs) yeah i was kind of eyeballing that uh, amphitheater and that big outdoor pagoda yeah yeah well she's actually sitting right in there next to kyle right now as we do the show so um yeah i was impressed with those uh do you guys get a lot of weddings and parties down there
4: We do. It's definitely huge. Um, So we have a great amphitheater that would be amazing scenery for, you know, backdrop of the mountain for your ceremony. And then the Picnic Pavilion is a wonderful facility for, you know, holding the reception afterwards. And again, you know, for the outdoor experience, oh, it's amazing.
1: Now you have some events coming up. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about that.
4: We do. Um so in two Saturdays from today it'll be December 15th we have our annual holiday open house. It's just a really fun event to get the community um out to the park to experience some of the activities that we have to offer. Great for kids. Santa will be there. I have it, you know, <laughs> on the download that Santa's going to be there. <laughs> yeah. Um And then, again, activities for all ages, crafts for the kids. Um, It's just a really fun event.
1: Now, we talked a little bit about one of the activities that you all offer at the park and that you get a lot of people coming down for is the geocaching. Is that – am I saying that right?
4: Yes. So geocaching is a really fun way that kids can use, you know, um, whether it be GPS's or phone apps and things like that. It kind of brings that technology piece into the experience of the outdoors. So they look for the coordinate, you know, um, hike out there to this point. And then there's a cache, which, um, usually is just a little box of, of trinkets and goodies. They have little traveling bugs that you can actually log where this little traveling bug has been, um, on the website. And so what we're going to do is for the open house, we're going to have a little geocache station so that people can experience it. We'll have GPSs, you know, that they can use. Um, And then we're hoping if the weather's nice, we'll have a little outdoor, you know, self-guided mystery hike as well.
1: You know, that sounds like a fun, these, uh, these treasure hunting shows are all the rage right now. I know me and my lady, we love watching these shows where people are getting into all these areas and looking for these lost treasures and gold and all that kind of stuff. So this is kind of an easy way to kind of get that same sort of experience. Uh, it's I, I think personally it's an outstanding way to get the kids outdoors. Um, kids nowadays, from my experience, even when they're outdoors, when, when I have them on the boats, they're still playing on their phones and things like that. So, you know, it's an opportunity to get them out into the outdoor outdoors introduce the technology so that they feel like they're almost playing a video game but in reality they're out there walking around in nature and they got the opportunity and hiking and getting some exercise and and looking for these cool little things that are stashed all around the park um i might have to come down and and take a little geocaching session myself it sounds like a lot of fun now let's tell folks once again where is the park located let's say you're coming from denver how are you going to get there
4: Uh, If you take I-25 to the South Academy exit, which is exit 135, and then just head west for a few miles, kind of follow the signs, and then, you know, really we're about four miles off of I-25, right along Highway 115.
1: Now, I've been asking everybody, I'm going to ask you too, uh, let's think about a holiday gift for somebody. Do you have any suggestions?
4: Oh, gosh. Um, So actually, for the Holiday Open House, we'll have 25% off of our gift shop items, So whether it be shirts and hats and, you know, um, all the little souvenir items that we offer at the park. But then, of course, I heard you and Michelle talking about it, <laughs> the park's path. Um, amazing. And if you purchase before the end of 2018, you get those 2018 prices. Um, however, 2019, there's going to be an awesome hang tag coming out, so a gift certificate, make the splurge 120 and it's a hang tag that's going to actually be movable
3: between vehicles so wait a minute i haven't heard anything about this (laughs) information
1: um, no i haven't heard they're going to actually allow us to do that with the state parks pass that's actually a really big deal she's mentioning there folks um you know for the last five or six years the larimer county passes that we get up in northern colorado have been removable so we've been able to take those off of one window and put them on another vehicle so that you didn't have to buy multiple passes now you're telling me that we're Going to be able to do that with state park passes?
4: Yes, sir. It's uh, it's really awesome, and actually, I'd like to mention it to everyone because, on one hand, I want to encourage buy now. You get seventy dollars instead of eighty dollars for your parks pass. You know, it's, it's worth it to buy now. But if you're interested in that hang tag, it's one hundred and twenty. It's going to be a bit more. But as long as the purchaser is with that pass. Any vehicle, other family members, friends, you can go with anyone. Just grab your, your hang tag and go.
1: You wouldn't, uh, yeah, so It's amazing. That comes in handy so often, folks. We take the sticker off the Larimer County one and, and move it from vehicle to vehicle because sometimes we're not taking my truck. We're not dragging my boat up. We may be just going up to meet some other people up there at the lake. So being able to do that with the state parks passes, that's outstanding. It's going to allow you to use the pass more easily. I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. I didn't know about that. So that's really cool. Um, so that's awesome and uh, like you mentioned you have some discounts out there as far as people shopping now let me ask you this real quick um for the open house are you going to need a parks pass or is that open are you going to be able to just get in that day
4: we are offering this as a free event so parking at the visitor center will be free um you know everything that we're offering that day is free you know we're going to actually do um ornament giveaways it's going to be a really fun event again um free free event um if you're camping and doing other things you know within the park then you're going to need that parks pass but for this event uh totally free
1: jeanette from down at cheyenne mountain state parks jeanette i want to thank you for joining us this morning
4: oh it's always a pleasure
1: all right folks and i'm going to get it to a break you're listening to terry wickstrom outdoors here on sports radio 104.3 the fan You know, I'm, I'm digging the music this morning, Kyle. You really got it flowing back there. You're DJing it up. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors here on Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. And we are going to get right back to the phones, folks, and joining us from northern Colorado. He is a buddy of mine. He's a fellow guide with Fishful Thinker. He is our walleye expert up there at Fishful Thinker. He is also our electronics guru, Mr. Dan Swanson. Dan, how you doing this morning?
0: I'm doing great, man. Good to see you. Good to hear you, anyway, on the radio.
1: Yeah, I'm all fired up in here having a good time. Poor Mr. Terry Wickstrom is hopping an airplane and heading off to Hawaii this morning, so uh, I'm in here doing the heavy lifting, but uh, yeah, yeah, we all feel really bad for Terry. He'll have all kinds of stories when he get back, all the hard work he did and the fish he caught standing on the beach with a... Marguerite in his hand or whatever he's got going on. But, uh, probably wine. Yeah, probably wine. I don't know how you drink wine on the beach. He's probably got a special <laughs> glass. But uh, nonetheless, Dan, we've got a lot of stuff going on up there at Fishful Thinker, and you've got some exciting stuff happening. Uh, Dan, you are the proud owner of a brand uh, new Ranger for the year. What, do you, what, what kind of boat you get, Dan? you got a new boat. Well, so
0: so I, this is a departure from what I've done before. In the past, I've run a Ranger multi-species boat, also known as a walleye boat, which is the Ranger 620. Uh, big windshield and lots of cockpit space and, you know, set up for trolling and that sort of thing. So this year, I've decided to, to go in a different direction, and I've gone with the Ranger 520 bass boat. And it's a 20-foot you know, boat with, uh, with the Evinroot on it and power poles and the Altrex trolling motor and, and such.
1: I think Dan was uh, jealous. I I think you were jealous, Dan, that we were me and Chad were driving these these fast, sporty-looking bass boats down the lake. Now you got yourself one for the year, huh, Dan?
0: That's right. I went. I went from an SUV to a sports car. Is what kind of what the what the changes here? But but you know, I've gotten some comments from people. It's like, aren't you going to walleye fish anymore? And it's like, well, of course I am. And you can do anything out of a bass boat you can do out of a multi species boat cause it well it is a multi species boat, but i can I can vertical jig I can cast all the you know throw jerk baits everything I've always done. The only thing that that is more of a challenge is the trolling aspect of it yeah and um the, there are some there are some ways of setting up a bass boat for trolling rod holders and uh using the electric the the cruise control electric trolling motors we have these days. you can troll really well for uh, you know a good portion of a day at a pulling planer boards and everything I've always done. So that's my plan.
1: Absolutely. You know, I I troll regularly, especially late in the year and early in the year out of my bass boat. I always have. I always will. It's a great way to cover water, even though it's not maybe my favorite way to fish in general. Um, When the water's cold or I'm on a new body of water, I get out there and troll around so that I can do some graphing, do some mapping, all that kind of good stuff. And usually I catch fish while I'm doing it. Now, you mentioned something that's really kind of changed the game as far as being able to troll effectively out of a bass style boat and that is the new electronics the new trolling motors that we are running um, you know with that cruise control with the remote control that we have now on those uh, on those minkotas and you know the, the old tracks that we are all running that really allows you to be able to you know be in the back of your boat or seated or looking backwards but still have control of the boat and troll around and adjust your speed and you can do everything from the remote control right there so that you're, you're not having to stand right up on the front of the bow and just try to troll from up there like we had to do in the past, um, you know, there's no reason at all you can't troll out of the bass boat, Dan.
0: That's right. And if it, you know, if the wind comes up and the electric trolling motor doesn't work, then, you know, you fire up the big motor, and um, and with the, the power poles, you can, get the, you can get the power pole paddles and put those on the poles and use those almost like a drift sock.
1: Yeah, and those will slow you down a little bit if you need to get at slower speed. It's been my experience with these new Evinrude G2s that we were all running on our boats up there in northern Colorado, that they are so incredibly quiet that they don't make a lot of noise. So you don't really have to worry about spooking fish with this loud motor rumbling on the back, and that they also tend to idle a little bit slower than the motors I've owned in the past I think without anything hanging I can go down to about 2.4 maybe 2.3 miles an hour which is much slower than I've been able to idle on my big motor in the past Dan are you are you kind of seeing the same thing with yours
0: well the same thing I mean this is a you know with a 26 pitch prop it's pretty hard to go real slow so um, I'm going to be probably having to drag something behind me to get slower than about two or to get you know Two and a half, three miles an hour.
1: Well, you strapped that 250 G2 to the back of
0: that 20-foot, so that (laughs) thing's a rocket ship right
1: there. Dan's definitely driving a sports car around out there now, folks. That thing's going to be a missile when he can get it out of state and go faster than the 40 miles an hour we're allowed to go here in the state. Uh, You take that thing down to sea level, you're going to be able to just fly in that boat, Dan.
0: Yep, I will, and then I do fish up in Wyoming, too, and they don't care how fast you go. So
1: <laughs> now, Dan, now with this new boat, um, it did not come with the electronics that you really want to put on that boat. You know, you're going to have to get some new electronics for the year. What are you looking at? What are you going to be putting on? What's the newest, the latest, the greatest? What do you got?
0: Well, the, the latest and greatest from Lowrance um, is the, the new HDS Live, <clears throat> and it has a, the new active Im- imaging transducer, which gives you incredible detail and all the way you know at 800 megahertz or all the way out to um you know several hundred feet um unlike some higher frequency ones that other people make that are you're really limited about 75 feet when it starts to get dark and with the new, this new active imaging transducer it it gives you incredible detail further out so i'm going to be installing a couple of those one on the bow one on the on the on the dash And uh, and then the 3D is coming out. I'm still trying to decide if I'm going to put 3D on it or not. I've run 3D in the past, but this new active imaging is so good, I'm... I'm questioning whether or not I really need to run that other transducer. So that stuff's going to come. I, uh, the first unit showed up at my house uh, on Friday, so as soon as uh, horse Tooth closes.
1: Awesome. Now we're all new electronics. It seems like they just get better and better every single year. They have more features. You know, some of the features that have come out in the past I've looked at and kind of played with and weren't really excited about. Um, the new transducer, the 3D imaging type stuff that you're talking about, your experience with those, I mean, how is that going to improve your angling?
0: Well, I think it, it helps to really see the bottom of the lake. The other thing that it does, if you're running 3D, is you're you're able to see fish that are suspended in the water column. You can tell how deep they are, how far away from the boat. So if you're running a spread of planer boards, you can say, oh, I need to run this bait at 15 feet down and, you know, 30 feet to the side of the boat or 50 feet or 100 feet or whatever, you know, whatever it is you're marking the fish at. So that that can help.
1: Now, settings-wise, as far as what you run your electronics on uh, throughout the day as you're angling, uh, you know, I'm curious, are you the same as me, that kind of thing. Um, let's say you're, you're actually just standing and casting and jigging and fishing, and, you, you know, in that scenario, you're mostly use, utilizing the electronics that are on the front of the boat. How do you usually have your screen set up? What are you looking at? What, kind of, what, what are you looking to see?
0: Well, generally what I'm doing is I'm, I've got my maps, and as you know, I've made custom maps of uh, horsetooth that are Google Earth overlays, and I use those a lot to find you know certain things to cast to. Um, I also have the, the downloadable maps from Lawrence that are on my unit, so that I've got one-foot contours of the whole lake. So I have those two things on my screen most of the time. Um, then I've got the standard 2D sonar, which is the color that everybody's used to, and then I also will have downscan on the front. Um, the other new thing that's coming with the HGS Live is we've got a We've got a forward-looking sonar that will, in in real time, that will show you how the fish are reacting to your baits, and I'll be having, I'll have that installed on the front as well.
1: So when they say forward-looking on those things, Dan, I haven't played around with that or really looked at it all that much. It, it, it's allowing you to see kind of out in front of the boat as you're moving as well and get active, you know, kind of images for, as far as that goes?
0: Yep, it actually does. It'll show you like schools of bait fish. It'll show you the fish moving up and down in it. It'll show uh, if you've got a bait cast out in front of you you can see how the fish are reacting to your bait moving up and down.
1: You know, that is very, very cool. That's something I've always wished I was able to do. In fact, when I get into, uh, you know, this time of year and we're doing a lot of vertical fishing, it's common for me to tilt my transducer on the bottom of my trolling motor a little bit so that when I flip that jig 10 feet out in front of the boat, I do see it fall into the cone as it gets down to depth. Um, that's an important deal, folks, especially if you're out there and you're kind of moving around a little bit, but you're doing a lot of vertical jigging. A lot of times what ends up happening is you know the guy up on the front of the boat sees the return come in on standard sonar, and by the time his jig drops down or his spoon or his blade or whatever he's utilizing, the boat maybe has drifted a little bit off of that or drifted over those fish, so the fish you're actually dropping to are somewhere back usually under the guy that's standing in the back of the boat by the time it gets down there. And it's been very common for me to be out there fishing and the guy in the back of the boat's actually nailing the fish because of that whole scenario. But uh, what you're saying now is with that whole new transducer and that sort of looking out in front is that you can flip that jig out to a a turn that's 10, 15 feet out in front of you, and then by the time you get, you know, right on top of them as the boat moves, uh, you're seeing that fish. Your jig's right in front of that fish. Um, You're going to catch more fish with that kind of technology. So that is very cool, Dan. I'm excited about that. Now, Dano, I am asking everybody... Oh, yeah, no, real fast, Dan. Let's Let's talk about the ISU real quick. Dan, Dan is going to be down at the ISC this year. Dan's down there every year. What do you got going down at the ISC, Dan?
0: So on Thursday on the tank, I'm going to be doing a presentation on catching walleyes from the shore. So that's uh, that's my one tank demo that I've got going. And then on Friday, we're having uh, a table set up with uh, with a bunch of demonstrations going on. And I'm going to have two different demonstrations. I'm going to have one on just how to read your sonar, how to interpret what you're seeing. And then in the afternoon, I will have a more advanced version of that. So how to use it and then how to how to use your GPS, your side scan, your down scan, and all that to mark fish and also to use that to uh, make maps while you're while
1: you're fishing, now the, the expert table—that's something new we're doing down there this yep. year at the International Sportsman Expo. I'll be on that table as well. I think I'm on there twice on Saturday. Um, that's a real cool deal. We are also, from my understanding, we're going to be doing a Fishful Thinker giveaway down there. So there's going to be an incredible prize package that Chad has put together with his sponsors. Um, he, he put a, he put a post on Facebook just the other day of all these prizes he's lined up. Value in that prize pack is well over two thousand dollars at this point, and it's still elevating um it's got like a 500 gift certificate to sportsman's warehouse in it um it's got uh, an incredible new cooler from otterbox which is a new partner that fishful thinker has brought on chad's really really excited we're all really excited about otterbox up in fort collins coming on board with fishful thinker uh this cooler is incredible that he's got up there that he's going to be giving away all kinds of tackle from berkeley and pure fishing and and reels and stuff like that he's got all kinds of cool stuff dan that stuff's going to be pretty cool. Hopefully we get some folks to come by and check us out when we're sitting at the table and t- chat us up and uh, come by and watch the tank demos. Dan always does a really good demonstration up on the tank there, so I'm excited about that. I usually watch Dan's, and uh, sometimes I learn some stuff from you as well, Dan.
0: Sometimes. So the other thing that I, that I didn't mention is there is a walleye panel going on on Saturday, and so it'll be, it'll be Terry Wickstrom and me and Brad Peterson and Nate Zelensky as well.
1: Excellent. Now, Dan, we're running out of time real fast. Uh, if you were going to suggest a gift item for somebody for the holidays, give me a suggestion. Well,
0: I've got, I've got, I actually have two. So I have a castable sonar from from Lawrence. It's called the Fish Hunter, and there's other brands that have the same sort of thing. You can cast it out and see what fish are out there. It's great for guys that are fishing from shore. You can use it for ice fishing, um, and it ties to your phone, so it gives, uses your phone as the display. And you can, if you reel it back, it'll actually map the bottom of the lake, so you can cast and actually get an idea what the contours look on the bottom of the lake. So those started about 150 bucks. You want something a little cheaper, I've got, it's called a rod threading device. It's from a company called Erupt Fishing, eruptfishing.com. I saw it down at ICAST, and it is really slick for people that fly fish. You know how hard it is sometimes to you get your fly line up threaded through your rod. You just grab this thing, and you just run it up the eyes, and you're done. It takes, like, seconds to, to thread a rod. It's something I'm probably going to use for rigging my rods when I'm, you know, get getting ready to go out guiding.
1: Dan Swanson from Northern Colorado, my fellow Fishful Thinker guide. Thank you for joining us this morning, Dan. You have a good one.
0: You have a good day, too. See you later.
1: All right, folks, and we're going to get into a break. You're listening to Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan.